Thank you for listening to the Casually Molly podcast. This is your host, Molly Ambergy. At times like these, I thought that this weekend's episode would be more important to re-release a very important conversation I had with a good friend and colleague of mine, Darius Varner. In Season 2, Episode 14, Darius and I sat down together, and he chose the topic of talking about being casually sad, black, and queer. Touching on points as depression, being a strong and creative black man, and also coming out as queer, Darius shares his story about coping with mental health and how he has embraced the man he is today. I really appreciate everybody listening to this re-release of the episode, and I hope that you enjoy it, because I know that I did. Stay safe and know that we are all casually together. I'd like to introduce you to this new work. Think I can get away with this new work? New work. I'd like to introduce you to this new work. I got a lot to say with this new work. Think I can fly away with this new work? New work. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. The song that you just heard is by my dear friend, Darius Varner, a.k.a. D-Dare Bionic. The song is called New Work, and you can find it on all streaming services. Darius is here in the house with hey me, yo, actually. Hey, hey cheers. <laughs> Let's get our coffee. Yes, yeah. I need this. Like, I know. Believe it or not, we didn't put any alcohol in it. <laughs> like, How did we not do that? I know, right? I should have grabbed the bourbon upstairs. <laughs> oh, well. Oops. We'll just do it afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> like, for there sure. You go. Yeah. <laughs> well, Darius, how are you today? I know we've I'm... been chatting, but you know now you can tell everybody else how you're doing. <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, I've been doing a lot of... I'm on a, a promo tour for my play. So I've been doing a little bit of everything. My days have Ooh. been endless. So let's, now that he's brought up the promo tour, let's talk about your promo play that you're talking about here. What is the play called? Where can we find it? What is happening? So I wrote and am directing and producing a play called My Infinite Sadness. Um, it is going up in January. We open January 12th. You go January 12th and 13th, and then the 18th through the 20th. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday perform Friday and Saturday performances are at 8, and Sundays are at 4 p.m. at the chapel. Uh, 6, wait, let me look at my flyer because I don't remember <laughs> the address. Well, let's get the flyer. The chapel, I've actually performed at it multiple times. Same. A lot of, see, there you go. <laughs> the theater community is pretty uh, familiar it's with it. It's a free venue. Yeah. So it's 6238 Alexander Drive. That's yes. what it is. Absolutely. So take a look. You can definitely find it on Facebook, right? Yes, you can find it on Facebook. Um, The tickets are available on brownpapertickets.com. They are $10. Hurry up and get them. Yeah, which is uh, pretty great. It's a pretty great price for a theater ticket. So, yes, that's what I love when artists make it affordable. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, I'll be like, oh, we're going to see this. It's $35. I know. I know. Y'all got to pay what you can tonight. I literally just asked somebody that the other day. I was like, do you ever pay what you can? But those are the best because that way you're able to see more live theater and mm-hmm. also different live performances. I know there's different music venues that do the same thing. Yeah. So I think that's kind of great that you're making it not just only accessible for people who just want to enjoy the theater, but you're also making it accessible for artists to support other artists in mm-hmm. the community. Because I think that's what we, um, not to go on a tangent about this, but no, I feel but that, like, you know, we as artists, we want to go support our friends, but like, unless like we're ushering for something or there is a pay what you can night or yeah. it's an affordable price we're not able to go but yet i also understand you do have to raise a price to a certain rate so that mm-hmm. way you can like 
pay your actors or yeah. like which we can get into a whole budgeting another oh, time, boy. you know. Yeah. And then um new work, the song like I said that we had just heard earlier. Why don't you talk about that too? I yeah. know we just said it's all on streaming services, but what was the message behind so, it? So new work uh was initially so backstory, I am releasing an album at some point next year. It's oh. almost finished. Um so Jazz, who was on the last episode, and I are same difference together. And then yes. separately, we make our own music. Um, and so I actually have three singles out. I have one called Reasons, which is the title of the album, uh, featuring my niece, Deja, who is a phenomenal singer. Okay, that's um, cute. And all three of them are available on all streaming services. And then I have one that's like my uh, bisexual bop is what I call it. It's called <laughs> Selective. Um, and I released it on Pride this year, which I just thought that was like awesome. Um, but New Work is essentially a song about the elements and about kind of stages of life, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. The first verse is water. There's that line, moving water never freezes. It's like you have to keep going, you have to keep moving. If you stand still, you'll be where you are forever. Um, the second verse is kind of about love, so it's about fire and like that burning. And then uh, the third verse is about earth and being strong. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, I love that. Well, now that I know the meat, like I was listening to the song the other day at work and I was like, I mean, obviously I favor Same Difference. If you had listened to Jazz's episodes, they were my opener for my comedy special at the Monocle. How are you still functioning? Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. Everybody really liked them. I really liked them. And I know how I got introduced to their group was that you guys did a show at the St. Louis Fringe Festival. Yep, stop being weird. Yes, mm-hmm. and so I had my show going on, which kept conflicting with their showtime, <laughs> yeah. but we were in the same venue, so every time my show was done, I would, like, come and, like... You, you could had, hear it, yeah. You could hear it, and there was windows, so I'd be, like, casually, <laughs> like, peeping through the window, wishing I was in the venue. It's so great! And yeah. everybody was like, they were like, you should just come in. I was like, I feel bad, though, because... No, like, the whole premise of our show was for it to be as informal as possible. So oh. if you had just walked in, mm-hmm. it would have been like, oh, we probably would have been like, we had a new, like, guest to the show. It yeah. would have been, it would have been great. Like, Next time, that's what I'll have to do. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. it was, um, Stop Being Weird was fun. And at the end, we had, like, a big dance party, and, like, Everybody was invited up on the stage. That's what Jazz told me. And I was like, why can't that just be my life? Because <laughs> I want to just have a dance party. Like, oh, I think oh, you were there for that, too. And I was like, oh, my God, it's like Ellen DeGeneres. You're like, I yeah, know. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah, Ellen. Yeah, I remember that. I love <laughs> so much. Well, that's why I probably get along with you guys. Because we all feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll get to our topic of the Casually Molly episode. Uh, would you like to introduce the title? And I know you were kind of explaining it to me earlier, mm-hmm. but what you were telling me, if you could just explain that. <laughs> yeah, so the title is Casually Sad, Black, and Queer. Um, I am a queer man, a bisexual, mm-hmm. obviously a bi- bisexual bop. Um, but like there's this, th- there's three stigmas in the world, being sad, being depressed, being black, and being queer. Mm-hmm. And somehow I am all three of those things. <laughs> and it's like this like trifecta, and it really... I don't know. I'm I'm inspired to make a project of some type. I don't know what it is, either play or an album or just a song or something about being sad, black, and queer. But that was the first thing that popped into my head. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. No, mm-hmm. I think that's great. I um first of all, I kind of like that. There's like you talk about the different stigmas because mm-hmm. I feel like that's so on point. Mm-hmm. Um, we can just talk about like each of them in detail. Yeah. So talking about sadness, I know that that's like my infinite sadness is the name of your play. Yeah. What kind of inspires that part of this title? If you so you know. 
the sad part of it comes from depression. Okay. Um, it comes from, you know, I've been having a really good couple months. Yes. But that's not always the case. And, like, depression is one of those invisible diseases yeah. that they that we talk about all the time. And it's something that people don't really know or perceive or really understand. And so it's just taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really where that comes from is trying to destroy that stigma, destroy that that barrier, that blinder that people have to depression and realizing that, hey, somebody could be smiling, but, like, actually they're dying on the inside. And it's hard. Um so that's where that part of it comes from. It's just yeah. straight up, you know, being a sad person and not in the joking, huh, I'm so sad, I'm so... De-, but, like, genuinely, actually, yeah. some days just being like, wow, I exist and that's awful. You know, and I, I totally agree with you. You know, we have a whole thing. There's a whole episode about, like, mental health that we mm-hmm. have. Just, like, we're... My... Cara Barisi. Yeah. Know, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's studying mental health uh, and trying to study to be a therapist, and that's why I had her on. But we kind of talk about, like how people don't really understand from the outside. Mm-hmm. So how, I guess this is a great time. How would you explain depression to somebody who maybe knows somebody with depression or would like to understand it more or mm-hmm. maybe just doesn't understand it? So for me, depression is like a whisper sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm quoting my play now. <laughs> oh, see, there you go. Unintentionally, but yeah, like. but that's great. But it's like, sometimes it's just really quiet and it's, just like kind of a feeling of like conflicting within yourself. So you're like, I don't feel bad, but like I feel bad. Right. Um, but then sometimes it's just like literally feeling completely empty and just devoid of anything and any ability to exist. And then sometimes it's feeling a lot of things all at once. I, I that happens to me more so than the emptiness. Okay. It's just that's being interesting hyper to hear. Sensitive to every emotion. I'm also an empath. So yeah, I didn't even know that because normally when I think of depression, I think of like emptiness and loneliness. Like you're the first person I've talked to mm-hmm. that has depression that's told me of like feeling multiple you feel things. So at many once. things all at once, and it's mm-hmm. just like this. You're about you're so scattered all over the place. You're like angry and sad and happy and confused and like all of those things all at once just like trick your brain into being yeah like it's it's insane. Which you don't think about. I feel like even if like you don't have depression, I feel like we still as humans go into episodes like that mm-hmm. because you know I kind of forget too. Like sometimes, especially if I get overwhelmed, like my body's just like shuts down. Mm-hmm. So it may even be a depress. Like my friend Dana, who's an actual therapist. Mm-hmm. She'll be like, that's an, that's an episode. Like, yeah. that's taking you down. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen a lot, but on occasion, it's normally if I'm going through something or, like, something very serious. Yeah. Uh, and then I kind of, like, too, since you are experienced in this because you have it, what would you tell other people who are maybe suffering with it? Like, mm-hmm. what would be your best advice to them? Uh, my best advice would be at your own pace. So it took like me a long that. time to realize that I could talk to people about it and that mm-hmm. I could come on and do the Kaj and Molly podcast. And Aww. I could. No, I think it's actually great because, again, people don't like to talk about this stuff. So yeah. I feel like it has to be aired out to have it not be a stigma, but be normal. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And, that, and that's another thing, like the normalization of, you know, it, it happens. Mm-hmm. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, it sucks. But it's it's been 11 years of learning and growing and hurting and not hurting and, you know, all kinds of things. Uh, But just, like I said, at your own pace and when you are comfortable reaching out, reach out. Don't ever let anybody force you to do anything. Yeah. Because that a lot of times hurts more than it's, and again, not to quote the play, but like there's a, there's a part where it talks about having to comfort somebody when you're sad 
and they're like, what's wrong? I don't know what to do. And then they start freaking out because they don't know how to help. And then you end up being the one helping. And then you're just like, wow, <laughs> sweet. I'm helping you. I'm glad you feel better, but I still feel like trash. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's definitely at your own pace. Oh yeah. I love, I actually love that. That's another one that I haven't heard before, but I think that's definitely something that we can all take too. is depression or not. Like, I feel like everybody's trying to go at the pace of somebody else. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you know, everything's kind of like a competition. And it's like, we really should kind of just look back and just (laughs) see like, you know, like if I do things, that's what I've kind of found out too, which is why maybe I'm more relaxed now, Mm -hmm. is that when I start doing things on my own terms and at my own time, Mm -hmm. good things start to happen and appear. So I think that's great advice, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I love the fact, um, especially with people who are struggling with different um, mental health issues or you know, I don't want to call it an illness. Oh, I'm sorry. That was my phone. Fine. I'm it's super okay. popular. Oh, my gosh. Everybody wants to talk to Molly. I um, literally, Molly. it was, like, actually somebody that wants to be on this podcast, so I shouldn't be too mean. <laughs> like, somebody wants to be scheduled in. Oh, no. Oh, but no. I hear we having a serious conversation. <laughs> Just taking it at my own pace, scheduling one person at a time. Oh, no. my excitement's fine. I, <laughs> that was hilarious. I'm like casual. doing things at your own pace, casual, casually getting I, But I say that all the time. That's like my catchphrase. Like I was like, I'll say something like, "Oh, I booked a radio interview today." Casual. Like, I know. That's my thing. I so yeah. I think that's. I mean, that has nothing to do with the depression. But Darius was on the radio. <laughs> I was, and yeah. he was promoting his play, which I thought was great. How did that go, by the way? Um, it went really well. It was my first time doing radio, and I was actually like super at home and comfortable and it was really fun right yeah. all right i like it well you look like you were having fun on I the videos on, yeah. he's like yeah literally you can't see him but he's in his cute little glasses and his scarf and his coffee and he didn't even deny it he goes yeah i oh, was yeah i was having a really good time <laughs> i was having fun yeah so talking about the black portion that okay. you brought up here Earlier, before we started recording, we were talking about being seen as a black man in society today. And what I really love about Darius is like, you know, we do have um, different perceptions, at least from a Caucasian perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, I think sometimes the natural way to think of a black man in um, a strong setting, per se, or perception is they're like, oh, he's a... He's in the NBA and he's yeah, a he's rapper. In the yeah. He's yeah, doing this. He's an actor, but he's playing drug dealers, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And what's so sweet and like really loving about you, not that any of those things are wrong, mm-hmm. by the way. You can be any race and right. do those things, and as long as you're happy, I'm down. Yeah. But why we're talking about this is because you are very creative. You're a little bit more, well, you are. I mean, obviously, you're doing music and you're writing and yeah. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the media doesn't always promote, you know, mm-hmm. that image to people. Yeah. And then here you are and you're like, you, I mean, you are rapping, so there you go. Yeah. But like, you know, you and Jazz, I, I told him in the last episode, I'm like, you guys are kind of like outcasts to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> you guys are like doing work together, but also yeah. releasing, releasing two separate albums, which is great. Yeah. So I guess like, what would you explain? I know that I kind of like took my take. We were talking about that. Mm-hmm. Why don't you elaborate on that since this is about you? <laughs> uh, I mean, for me, it's just, I've I've kind of always been comfortable with who I am mm-hmm. and being black and being queer, you really have to just own that. And and um, you, I'm tall, 
You I'm are six tall. two for he those is. of you who can't see me, which is everybody. But like, <laughs> so my whole life, I got asked, "Oh, you must play basketball. You must play some kind of sport." And I'm like, "No, I have the hand-eye coordination of a duck." <laughs> and then people are like a duck and I'm like yeah they don't have hands that's how good I am at sports like yeah. I couldn't like it just doesn't work for me but I can dance and I can sing and I can rap and I do it's it was a lot of fighting that stigma of being black and having to be masculine I think that's the mm-hmm. problem in the black community a lot of the time is like toxic masculinity you have to be this to be black you have to be this to be a black man and I'm like I'm going to wear a scarf and maybe shop in the ladies section every now and then. And I'll be fine. I have just like cute little kimono things that I wear all the time. And you do. super cute. And I yeah. love them. And sometimes I get them from the ladies section. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Is that okay? Can I say Oh, oh yeah. Okay. We, we do. iTunes knows that we are an explicit podcast. Okay. So cool. if that if the F-bomb does a drop on the occasion, it's Sweet. okay. Gotcha. You know. All right. Um, but yeah, like I don't. It's That's just who I am. I don't see anything wrong and I try to instill that in the next generation coming that you don't have to be that that masculine manly yeah. man macho machismo bullcrap oh absolutely work. well it's, it's I mean and it goes into every community like every community has like it's quote-unquote stigma per mm-hmm. se like I feel like for women mm-hmm. we are going through like you know between like the me too movement things like we're finally like being accepted as like independent women mm-hmm. like everybody always says like 2018 has been the year for women specifically it really has um yeah it like really i happened. well that's the thing like people all the time are shocked when i'm like oh yeah i'm a front desk manager and people are like what like i'm a manager like i'm that's not just ridiculous i'm an associate i'm not just like a little associate like yeah. you know, it's insane to me how that judgment like comes you know mm-hmm. like just because i i know that i have that bubbly personality and i do have the bangs which makes me look a little bit younger than yeah. i usually would like one of our guests was like are you on christmas break and i was like no no honey i'm an adult <laughs> i graduated from college like five years ago <laughs> now going on like six so you know but i feel like you know not that that's a community thing necessarily but we all kind of have like those women are supposed to be in positions of power right yeah which is insane which is Uh, like i'm like i mean we should have a woman president someday i was about to say if a woman was running this country we'd be so much better oh my god we would be we would have so much less tweeting Mm -hmm. more you know officiating fixing things exactly I, i you know like i i completely agree with you um i guess my question for you i just find this all very interesting um culturally is what, because, you know, we I talked about, you know, like, what kind of advice would you give somebody who was in a position or depression or, you know, if you knew somebody with this, mm-hmm. um, you know, sadness, what would you recommend to men who are in your situation, mm-hmm. who are men of color, who are strong, but mm-hmm. still are, are also creative thinkers and contributors to our artistic world? Um, I said this on my Instagram story last night. Don't let anybody tell you no. Yeah. Success is a choice and it is your choice to be successful. So if you want to continue to be strong and be powerful and black and creative, mm-hmm. do it and don't ever let anybody stop you. Yeah, absolutely. That's like at the end of the day. And that goes for everybody, but really like black creatives are starting to come out of the woodwork. Oh, I'm I've so happy about it too. So many new like creative African American people. And I'm just like, this is incredible. It's like a renaissance of, of sorts. And so. Do it. Produce your plays. Make your artwork. Write your music. Do whatever you want to do. Absolutely. I think that's I completely agree with you. It's so nice to turn on the television and see uh, people of color Mm -hmm. as a 
title, like when I when Shonda rhymes and how yes. she is Shonda Land, uh, and like I know that's everybody's like, what a generic like example. But I'm just like, but no, that's but it's great. It's like, not only is it black, but it's a black woman. Yeah, and I think it's amazing. She, and it. she's writing, literally, she is writing and producing with like multiple races. Well, mm-hmm. like I never, because you know how people all the time. What I really hate is like um, <laughs> we're just gonna go into things that Molly doesn't like. But I, Darius almost spit out his coffee. <laughs> Here's what I casually cannot stand: is when ignorant people are like, "Um, there's too many black people on these shows. Like, uh, isn't that what BET is for?" And it blows my where's mind. Where's WET? Oh, I know. And I'm just like, and that's a thing. People all the time get on me. They're like miles, and I'm like, listen. I have always like, and I will say, I will give this, to especially my mom. She made sure that I was, like, culturally immersed from day one because she's from Queens. Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, even though I grew up in, like, the burbs, like, yeah. I still, like, I, you know, I was very fortunate. I got to, like, travel over the world. And, like, I don't know. Like, I, I grew up knowing everybody. Mm-hmm. So, for me, when I hear that, it always pisses me off because I, I think it took me a long time. Like, I knew there was ignorance. Yeah. But I didn't but know how bad it was. Yeah. And then... Now I'm like, mom, and she's like, I know. Like some people don't know where Puerto Rico is, Molly. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's I, in, oh my god. It's like like people like when the Puerto Rico got hit, everybody was like, That's part of the United Why States. Why do they even want to help that other country? And I'm like, Yeah. Huh? It's insane. To that's me. part of that we huh? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, but yeah, bringing it back to like <laughs> the African American community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's great that there are strong, like, um, Viola Davis. I think that oh, she's been I great. Her. I, I love that her. there are positions of power, mm-hmm. um, that it's not just being in the help, not that the help was a bad movie, but you know what I mean? But, yeah. There's so much more. Like, it's so nice to see a black woman as a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool to see, like, Carrie Washington yeah. as she, like, is in scandal. I will say I'm not a fan of the president. I want her to get somebody else. But and I get, like, Same. <laughs> like, Same. And I also haven't finished the whole season of Scandal. So if I sound like if I'm ruining, like, the whole plot here, I apologize. But, like, I think that's when I stopped. I was like, I love my girl Carrie, but I'm over the president. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? I'm like, that's amazing. And then, um, you know, people, I've met people like, oh, she's only, but I'm like, Shonda Rhimes is writing for everybody. She's writing Like, she lot. is writing everything. And I'm, I'm just so, I am so impressed that it's just, it's just a good thing to see. Yeah. You know? Yeah. People are like, Miles, you're so passionate. I mean, <laughs> like, but, like, like, it, but it takes that kind of passion to yeah. really get, you know, an understanding and appreciation for what black people do because black people talk about different stuff than white people do. Yeah. And it's just, it's inherent because we experience different things. But I, but that's the thing. I love that. Like I personally love going to urban clubs because mm-hmm. I feel like I am understood better there as weird as that sound. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I like feeding off, like people are like excited and like responding mm-hmm. and like, when I do comedy, like I, it's, it's a total, like that. I love performing in like the city because mm-hmm. it is so much fun to kind of have that thriving and that feedback. And yeah. I don't know, I think it's great to, I, I feel like what people, um, what people get nervous about is having these conversations mm-hmm. about, um, 
racial differences and whatnot. But I, I feel like you have to have those conversations to understand yeah. each other. And then you also have to have those conversations within your culture yeah. oh, to yeah, understand each other. Definitely. Because there's certain things I learn about people that I've known my whole life. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know you went through that. Or I didn't even think you thought that. Yeah. Or I didn't see things like that. Or your perception is different. So I think it's great that we're talking about this. And I do think that Hollywood is doing much better. I think they're doing a lot better. We've I, got yeah. a long way to go, but yeah. I think they're oh, doing a lot better. I was, that was, I was literally about to say, there's <laughs> still a long way to go, but I'm so glad that this at least has started. Yeah, like, at least <laughs> there's some color. Yeah, Our exactly. schools aren't so white anymore. Exactly. Not really kind of white. And like, if, especially if you're like me and you get excited about these sort of things and you're like, yay! Yeah. Like, I, I love that. Because if for me as a writer who likes to write mm-hmm. about, um, people that have like you know cultural differences yeah it's much more exciting so that way you're like oh people feel like i do like because when you want to be progressive and you have people around you that don't it's very hard to move forward (laughs) like okay well and you like trying to force it on them yeah it's like oh let's understand this yes understand just like understand and that's what people do they Either they don't understand or what I personally feel is they just don't want to. Yeah, and that's where I see it. It's just like, it, it's, yeah. it's not really a hard thing to understand. It's like, mm-hmm. people are different. Yeah. That's, how, that's why the term colorblind kind of bothers me now. Mm-hmm. Because like people are like, oh, I'm colorblind. I don't see color. And it's like, but no, that's that's important to me. I need you to see the, the melanin in this There's skin. a comedian friend that I have, and, mm-hmm. like, one of his jokes, I can't deliver it the way he does, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll summarize what he's basically talking yeah. about, is he's like, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard when somebody is like, oh, I'm colorblind. I don't see color. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't see, like, a traffic light? Like, yeah, like I like, don't, like... I don't understand it. I don't get it either, and it's like, here's the thing. You, we all, unless you're actually colorblind, which mm. does not always apply, but right. like, if you, we all see color, we yeah. all see different, but it's how you treat the other person. Honestly, I think it's so, I feel like racism is so dumb because there's no meaning to it. Like, right. like looking at somebody and being like, oh, you genet, like then here's the thing. This is why we need science because clearly if you're a racist, you know nothing about science. Yeah, you like, have no idea. You have no idea is. that that like your skin and your skin color, you can't even control that. That yeah. just comes with who gave birth to you. Yeah. So to me to say that like, it's just the, I mean, you, it I made, know you feel the same way I do, Yeah. but it's ridiculous. It makes no yeah. sense to me. It, it just, and I used to be a fan of the term, and I used to be like, oh, yeah, colorblind, colorblind casting, well, whatever. Because, but but I, I know what you mean in the sense of, like, like you you see color, but you don't really care. That's, right. That's what and, you and I get yeah. why people mean it, say yeah. it to mean that. Mm-hmm. But my color is a very important part of who I am. Yes. Like, at, at the end of the day, I'm I still agree. black. Yeah. And I still do black shit. Yeah. And I'm still, you know, I'll be a black man until the day I die. You even will. if I get vitiligo like Michael Jackson. And I'm like, <laughs> I knew that was coming. You're like, <laughs> even if I pull the MJ. Yeah, even if I, you know, even if that happens to me, I'll still be a black man because that's who I am. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It just kind of discredits a lot of that progression that people have when they say they're colorblind. It's like, but. No. See me and appreciate me for the color that I am. Don't. Yeah. Say that you don't see my color. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. I, that's how I feel. I, literally, I feel about anybody. I'm like, I will always appreciate you 
I'll always love you, and you know that's who you are. Mm -hmm. Unless you're really mean, then I won't be very nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, exactly. like like then if you start being mean to me, I don't care who you are, I just will not talk to you. Right. But exactly. Anybody else, like you will always receive the love. No stigmas for me. Yeah. I've got you. Yeah. It's all good. But. Yeah. Man, that was very deep, Darius. Yeah. I feel like we just had a real had bonding a, moment. Yeah, I had a moment right in here. Studio B right now. <laughs> in Studio B right now. The energy is high. I also took Darius to the recording basement. So. <laughs> the creepy recording basement that I've been to already, so it's fine. Oh, good. I, I was aware. I was aware. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was just the best when I was like, so, Jazz, we're going to the recording studio, and we come out, and there's a parking lot, and he's like, and there was, like, some clothes that somebody had dropped out of their car. I was like, so I swear I'm not going to rape you. <laughs> like, like, you won't Or kill die. you or any yeah. of those things. Like, you won't die. This is not the beginning of a Law & Order SVU episode. Like, I'm not, like... Is Ice-T going to come in and say something ridiculous right. and inappropriate? Right, exactly. Uh, Wait, did you say Ice-T? Yes. He's in Law & Order SVU. Oh, my God, he is! Yeah. Is it Ice Cube? No, it's Ice-T. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my... Literally, I was like... I don't know. Literally, I clearly don't know anything. Because I was like, is it Ice Cube? <laughs> That's, you know, and that is a white girl move right there. It's all good. And I just know him from Ice Loves Coco, so. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about no stigmas there. He's like, she's a stripper. It's fine. Yeah, he's like, hey, it. And she's, it. like, hilarious, though. He's like, in love with a stripper. He's, he's in love with her. I'm in love with a stripper. Yeah. Oh, I love that song. And she's so funny. She's like, oh, yeah, I've got my man. Like, he's going to hustle. I'm going to hustle right with him. And I'm like, Coco, I love you. I love so, you do that. Oh, my God. Ice tea and ice cube. I'm ice coffee, so don't even worry about I it. I do the same. <laughs> That's hilarious. So let's talk about, oh, my God, ice tea and ice cube. I can't right now. <laughs> That's going to go down in the history. I'm, I'm not even going to edit that out. I'm actually going to keep that in. So we can just all <laughs> laugh together at my knowledge of knowing nothing. Um, so... My knowledge of knowing nothing is fantastic. I, I know. That. My infinite nothing. That's going to be <laughs> the sequel. Nothing, yep. And how Molly doesn't even know her rap music. Um, so let's talk about the third part. Mm -hmm. So queer, I actually don't know. that. I, I'll be honest, I don't know too much, like, mm -hmm. about the queer community. So mm -hmm. why don't you elaborate more on sure. that? Sure. You know? Um, so I was not a fan of the term queer until maybe last year. Okay. I thought it was othering. I thought it was, like, it means weird. I thought it was, like, kind of derogatory in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and in a, in a way, it was used that way. But last year, I had this kind of, like, epiphany of, like, I talked to a bunch of my queer friends and, like, asked them how, genuinely how they felt about the words. And, like, oh, you know, it's, like, community. It's, like, I am weird. I am other, you know. And I was, like, hey, you know what? That's kind of, I love that. Okay. I love that. Uh, I love, because I am other. I'm not... You know, I'm not straight. I'm not gay. I'm, you know, kind of in between. Yeah. Um, but basically, um, there's all the letters in the LGBTQIA plus whatever it is now. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know. What do you want to know? Like, what? There's so much. There's so much. Yeah, you can just start wherever. Cause I here's the thing. I wasn't really sure. Cause people are like, oh, I identify myself as queer. I didn't really know what that meant, mm -hmm. and I was like a little afraid to ask. Not because I didn't think that the person would respond well to me, but I was mm -hmm. like, damn, I'm gonna look stupid because I don't know. <laughs> but like, no, you never, you never know until you ask those questions. Yeah. Um. So I guess I, I see a lot of people using the term queer when they are not heteronormative. So it's like mm -hmm. cisgendered straight men and women do not identify as queer. I identify as cisgender, but I'm queer because I am not a heterosexual man. Gotcha. So, 
it's that's kind of where I see the term queer being used in like in a, in a general way. Like gotcha. Ezra Miller is gender fluid, but he just says he's like he's like I'm queer. That's okay, it. cool. Um, which I adore him. Oh, um, I love him. He's yeah, amazing. Um, awesome. Yeah, so I guess being black and queer is a whole other thing. Because, yeah, let's talk about that. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I love how Darius just like took a breath. Like, you guys it's, didn't see him, but his shoulders just were like, whew, here's the storyline. And we're going <laughs> to open this can of worms. Um, no, so it's my family. I'm fortunate to have a very loving family. And I am, which is always family. very helpful because yes. some families are not. I feel the same way. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately, again, especially in the black community, being queer, being gay, being non heterosexual is like, that's getting you put out of the house. Like, you're not a part of the family anymore because of that in a lot of households. And it's it's sad because for a, a, a man who is queer, especially from the dad's perspective, it's, if the dad feels like they failed. Yeah. I feel like that's a lot of what it is. Yeah. Um, because they don't have someone, like, give them an air. It's almost like that, but that ruler, that prince king yeah. hierarchy thing where it's like you were supposed to produce an heir for me, you're supposed to carry on the name. And it's like But do I have to? <laughs> right. Yeah. Can I not do that? Um so yeah, I think just like I don't really know. Um I don't really know what to say. Yeah. Like I guess well yeah. How do you um I guess we can go back to the same question. Like, you know, for people because I know you're like, you know, people consider it like as not they should, I shouldn't say that. That's poorly phrased. But, you know, people think of, like, oh, my gosh, like, it's a stigma in the sense mm-hmm. of, like, you're not going to be accepted or things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I'm trying to do is normalize it, to mm-hmm. be honest with you, so that way everybody, I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen after this podcast, but, but at least I, I can put out a voice to be like, look, everybody should be accepted no matter where they're at and mm-hmm. who they are. You know, for somebody who's kind of maybe struggling with their identity, mm-hmm. like, sexually as well as, like, you know, maybe for somebody who's in your position, a black man who is queer, mm-hmm. what would you kind of, what would be your advice to them? Like, what would be, I know, or maybe um, it's the same advice you had for the first two topics. I don't well, know. no, it's it's a little different with that. It's, um, mm-hmm. well, it is at your own time because yeah. coming out is hard. I came out to my mom when I was. Yeah, like, tell us about that. How did that, yeah, what um, happened? Was everybody has a different coming out story. My coming out story is so blah. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> so, but like, but, and. I'm happy for it, but I'm also kind of like, you know, other people have these like grand deals, even just like, oh, my mom was so happy and she cried and like, oh, it was so accepting. And Mm -hmm. even the people like, you know, I don't, I'm glad I don't have a coming out story that's like, I got put out of my house and my family hates me. Which I think is insane. Yeah. But like, it literally was, I kind of came out twice. I told my mom. (laughs) All right. I this is actually the first time I've ever heard this. So I was like, I've always heard people say, like, oh, I came out and then like that was that good, bad, and different. You're like, I came out twice. Now I need to know. So it was like (laughs) when I was 18, I was going off to college. Um, a cousin on my dad's side had come to my going away party and said some things about me that I hadn't told anyone but my friends in school. And my mom was like standing there with me. And so we're riding back from the restaurant or whatever, and she's like, so is this a thing? What's up? Talk to me. And I was like, yeah, I might be attracted to men. I'm not really sure. But, you know, if the opportunity presented itself, I probably would take it. And my mom was like, it's fine. And I guess that's my big emotional coming out story. I, like, cried, and it was great. Um, But then years later, we were having a conversation about something else, and I don't quite remember. Um, 
But I was just like, well, I can't judge you because I'm bisexual. And I just kind of like said it. Oh, wow. And she was like, what? And I was like, I'm bisexual. We, I was like, you know this. And she was like, oh, no, I, I said, I'm bisexual. And she was like, oh, I already knew that. And like carried on with the conversation. Usually moms do that, though. They're like, especially moms that know their children. Oh, and my mom like, knows us yeah, all. Yeah, exactly. Like there's scary. nothing, especially a good mom nothing gets past them so like you're probably nervous about being like oh my god like i'm bisexual and she's like oh babe i already knew like, like, <laughs> when are you introducing me to your boyfriend I'm right like, exactly like, and then all of a sudden moms are so chill and you're like wait so i'm just really stressing weird, out though, because and, like oh. talking my mom likes to talk not likes to talk about men but she will say something about yeah. a man that she finds attractive and like oh, we can sure. have that conversation yeah. but to me it's like what? <laughs> yeah, moms are strange. Like, not not yeah. strange, but it, it's just funny. Like, one time uh, I, like, my, some, some breakup, I had this, like, weird breakup in uh, high school, and it was, like, my freshman year, I had this, like, really weird boyfriend who I was, like, all right, and it was freshman year of high school. Like, of course we weren't going to be together forever. Mm-hmm. Not that if you did and you met the love of your life, I'm judging. Good but for, you. for, you know, good for you. Everybody has their own story. For me, that was not the case. Yeah, <laughs> and, you me know, <laughs> Exactly. And he was upset that I broke up with him. So this is why I broke up with him. He's nuts. Mm-hmm. His friends, like, called me from the um, school bathroom or something, and they were like, yeah, I'm going to give you a blowjob and, like, all this stuff. So I remember I was like, mom, and I'm like in my uniform and like hella awkward. I was like, mom, like I got this really, and that was like when you had that Nokia, like this, the The square. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) So I'm like trying to listen to my voicemail. I'm like, ew, like good thing I left my phone at home. So I didn't have to listen to this at school. And um, I was like, mom. And she's like, well, what did it say? And I was so nervous to like tell my mom that Mm -hmm. it was talking about a blowjob. And she goes, oh, I've been married twice. I know what that is. And I was like, what? I can't even I don't even need it. to know that you I know that, like, Mom. What? And she's cracking up because she thought it was so funny, of course, that she said that. And she's like, oh. And I'm like, Mom. Like, that you know. Great. I'm distraught, Mom. <laughs> like, like here I am upset. And I'm like, I can't even believe we got this voice now. She's like, oh, he's an idiot. Like, tell me like she's like come down and have your spaghetti I don't even worry about that. it but and I remember I was like oh my god I can't believe I just I talked know, about blowjobs with my mom <laughs> so I totally get it like moms are just funny like yeah, that you're just are, like my mom's great she's my best friend I love oh so that's it and see that's also very refreshing to hear because yeah. a lot see that's the thing I have a good mom too but I know a lot of mom people are like oh like I hate my mom or something. Yeah, I didn't have that. And I'm like, oh. I was talking no. about my mom last night. I was like, <laughs> the one time I've ever been like genuinely upset with her is like I come home from work and she cleaned my room for me. <gasps> no. <laughs> and I was so mad. I know that you. And it was so <laughs> mad. I was like, where is anything? Where what did is you my throw stuff? Away? Where is the trash? <laughs> you probably threw away something I was going to use in an art project at some point in the future. Um, but I was like, I don't understand how people get mad at their moms. Like, I don't get that. And then no. she was like, well, people, moms do stuff to make people mad. And I was like, like what? Like, and she was like, well, clean your room, apparently. And I'm like, well. <laughs> I know, my mom used to do that, too. There was, like, one time I came home, I was like, mom, I don't know where any of my scripts are. And it's like, they'll throw something away that, like, you needed. And they'll be like, it just looked like a piece of paper. I'm like, but it was the <laughs> most important <laughs> thing I needed. <laughs> It wasn't just a post-it. It was the post-it. It was the post-it. <laughs> like, what? That's the name of my next album. <laughs> the post-it. <laughs> like, 
Because I love post-its, and I remember in high school, I used to, like, use them all the time to keep myself organized, and I had, like, all my lists of things to do, and my mom, she, like, threw them out. I was like, Mom! And she goes, oh, it's fine. I'll just buy you some more. I'm like, you don't understand. I have so many things written on those post-its. So then I had to just keep them in my planner, and, like, oh, so, yeah. That's why it's, like, kind of nice just to live on my own, because yeah. then I can just go through all my things, and then my mom can visit whenever she wants and, like, yep. not clean anything. Yes. <laughs> don't touch. Not touchy. Oh my gosh, I love that though. But I, you know, so you like, I think that's great that you have the support for coming out. Yeah. Um, so back to this. Back to back to that. Um. So yeah, coming out is is hard. Right. Whether you have a good family or not, whether your family has expressed to you that they will love you no matter what or not, uh, coming out is hard. So you come out in your time. It's you know, um, and then specifically for Black people, just like. Don't be afraid to live your best life and be your best self because there's always a community of, I've found that there's just a ton of queer black people in the St. Louis like mm-hmm. community that are just like, hey, like we love you. And like queer people are like that. It's, it's already hard enough with when your family doesn't love you. And so we're just like, hey, you're our family now. Like yeah. I joined this group on Facebook. I saw this post that was like, um, this woman stood in for like six, 60 something weddings, like queer weddings, same sex weddings, as the mom. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to be somebody's like stand in family. I would and, like, totally I, do that. That's and, the like, thing. I added to this family, this group of like stand in families. And it's just like a bunch of people who are like, hey, and like it'll be ranging from like my mom's sick to I don't have any family at all. Will you stand in at my wedding? And I'm like, yes, I would love to be like, that's. That's the part of the queer community that I love, where it's yeah. like, I'll be your stand-in family. Um, I will forever. always be your stand-in family. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, if yeah. you can find, you know, people, find your tribe. Find people who love you for who you are. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. absolutely awesome. No, find your tribe for sure. Um, and definitely always surround your pe- yourself with good people. Yes, always. Um, I feel like sometimes we forget that or we get cut off. And the negativity, like, and it's easy to do mm-hmm. because sometimes life can totally bring you down no matter oh, yeah. where you are and how you are or who you are. Like, life has a tendency sometimes, as beautiful and as wonderful as it can be, there's definitely it's negative totally points tonight. You. Yeah. So yeah. I I definitely, it's definitely something I've learned in 2018 is that you can't, you can't let people bring you down mm-hmm. because you got to rise back up. You yeah. know, it's, it's definitely something that I've had to learn because I genuinely like being nice to people mm-hmm. and I'm very good at like standing up for myself. But like, if I'm like, you know, in a certain situation where I'm afraid, I have to remind myself like, no, like you've got, you got to stand up for yourself. Yeah. You have to be your own person. Mm-hmm. And whether that's fighting your own demons or the demons of others, yeah. like, Surround yourself with good people who will encourage you to be that fighter that you are within. I am. For sure. I also just like a friend of mine always says, like, surround yourself with friends who force you to level up. Yeah. Because if it weren't for the people, and I mean, I'm a go-getter anyway. Oh, yeah. Darius most certainly is. But it's nice having people around you who who are like-minded, who have the same goals as you, who want to succeed and who are creative and who are artistic oh yeah they force you to want like i see all of my friends doing all this stuff and i'm like yes 
I want to be like you when I grow up. And so right. then you do something, they're like, I want to be like you when I grow up. And it's just that. That love. Instead of a competition, it's just straight up, you know. Oh, yeah. Growing together. That's all. I feel like, yeah, I feel like the closest relationships that I have are people that I've grown with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know that we're naturally as humans competitive, but yeah. I think the best competition to have is with yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, I achieved this this year. What am I going to do next year? And then, like, yes. obviously take the time to celebrate, but also, too, it's there's never anything wrong with writing your goals down and oh, yeah. working on them. I have I had a five-year plan when I came home from college. Yeah. So, like, I went to school for graphic design. Uh-huh. I didn't graduate because I couldn't afford it. I went to School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Okay, which is great, too. Super great. Love that school. Would not go back because it's expensive, but if they were offering free college... You'd be like, In a hey. heartbeat, I'd be, what's up? Yeah. Um... But so when I came home, I was like, Mom, I think I'm going to follow my dreams of being an actor. And she was like, okay, do it. And I was like, oh, sweet. And you're like, this was a very easy conversation. As did all I conversations not go with my mom. It's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. Um, and so I was like, you know, wrote my goals out. I had a five-year plan. I was like, in five years, I want to be acting professionally or at least known in the St. Louis area. And now people know my name when I walk into auditions. Mm-hmm. And it's been about five years since I started acting. Look so at now you. it's like, I get invited to auditions. People know who I am. People, I go to events and they're like, Darius, yeah. you're wearing your hat. And you're like, I am wearing my hat. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, I am wearing my hat. So, yeah, it's, I am 100% a proponent of writing down your goals mm-hmm. and making a five-year plan. And I'm so organized it doesn't seem like it, but I am, like, oh, hyper-organized. No. I think we all feel like, oh, my God, I'm not organized. But in reality, people see, like, I see you, and I'm like, oh, my God, what an organized guy. And, like, do all this stuff. But people say that about me, too. Like, I'm like, oh, like, I am a mess. And yeah. my boyfriend is like, um, what? <laughs> like, I have I six he... calendars. And he's like, babe, mess? you have a color-coded planner. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, like, he's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I have, like, I've got it in my phone. I've got it written down. I've got it in a separate thing. I've got different notebooks for every project. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But that's what, but honestly, that's how it usually is. And that means, honestly, that means you're creative. Like, mm-hmm. um, a lot of smart, intelligent people usually have multiple notebooks or keep things in multiple boxes. So that way they can keep organized all of their um, organizations or goals yeah. or just projects they're working on. Uh-huh. Um, especially, yeah, I, I think it's perfect, I love so. it. It's, <laughs> it makes me, and I like writing things, writing things down. Oh, so absolutely. I'm old school, so. Oh, yeah. Everybody's like, just use your, like, and I'm like, no, I buy a Kate Spade planner every year because mm-hmm. I might, I used to work there, and then my friends work there now, so I get a discount on it. Uh-huh. But it's nice because it has, like, the stickers. I've got, like, <laughs> this year I bought the one where it teaches you a new word each oh, month. Nice. Yeah, I know, right? So I'm just like, why wouldn't I want to do that? I, I don't know. I just It's it's so much better to, like, kind of write out. And then if I schedule something or when, you know, my bills are due, mm-hmm. I always put that in gray because it's oh, the worst yeah. time ever. Yep. But um, I think that's wonderful. And I think you're well, right. So you. I appreciate that. I love you too. Oh, we're we're yeah, just we're in love. Me. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody be jealous. I'm just kidding. Well, that is all the time we have for today. But Perfect. you can also find Darius's D Dare Bionic is his music name. Yes. And same difference music. Um, you can find that on all streaming services. Definitely look up new work. That was introduction new work. Introduction new work. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I just call it hashtag new work. I, that's because, what I call it because <laughs> yeah. I'm like new work. It's fine. And for those of you who had listened to Jazz's episode, um, 
Same Difference also has a great single that I'm using for a few of my episodes just to help promote the song. It's called Kick, Kick the Dorian. Kick the Dorian. Super catchy. Super Have catchy. it on my Spotify premium. It's on oh, my pump up you. list. So I just listen to my two besties. <laughs> but thank you so much. Remember, guys, to subscribe to Casually Molly. You can find us on iTunes. You can also just go on your Apple Podcast app. And don't worry, Android users, I didn't forget about you. If you want to go on to um, Podbean, you can download the app. There's also other podcasts on the whole Podbean atmosphere yeah, as well. So definitely take a look. And don't forget to rate us. Hopefully you'll give us five stars and leave a Probably. very positive review. Darius, thank you so wow. much. Thank you for Oh my gosh, me. this was a really good convo. I'm very excited to I'm listen glad to this. this. Happened, yeah. Oh, thank me you too. So well, we're gonna talk and actually be friends now. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I'd like to introduce you to this new work. Think I can get away with this new work? New work. I'd like to introduce you to this new work. I got a lot to say with this new work. Think I can fly away with this new work? New work.